to the Queen's Dominion, where queens rise and reign supremely in our kingdom. We chat about life, fashion, style, love, relationship, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Sharon Richardson. Welcome. Wow, I am so excited to be here with you guys again this week. This week, we are going to chat about a few things, um, and, and I'm going to get a little personal, a little, a little deep. You're going to kind of understand me a little more, some stuff I may or may not shared with you. I have some friends that listen, and they may go, what the what? That happened to her? And so, you know, along this journey that we call life, there are some massive lessons that I learned, some things that definitely have made me a better mom, woman. And grandma, and prayfully one day uh, an amazing wife. Um, but today we're just gonna go and get in there. Are you ready? Let's go. So today we're gonna talk about uh, our fashion chat first. First off, <laughs> and you know I love talking about fashion because fashion is an ever evolving eternal thing and I gotta tell you um, being in the industries that I'm in being a fashion designer as well as as being a empowerment speaker you know I see vast levels and and of, of women who have um, how to say you know got absorbed into a marriage or relationship, into being mom and and forgot themselves, forgot to, you know, take care of themselves, forgot to, oh, I need clothes too, I need to be cute too. Sometimes they just forget how to, what they like, you know, and it's okay because we were created to be nurturers and such, but we have to be intentional about our self-care and be intentional about, um, who you want to be, right? You snatch your husband and your boo thing by being snatched and looking sexy all the time, right? Same thing. You got to get yourself together. And so this week, we do have our date your damn self challenge going on in our group. And some of the queens have been shy and have just sent me pictures and text me pictures. And I'm okay with that because I, I do understand that, you know, this is definitely a massive, huge uh, undertaking. It's doing something that is not normal doing something that is that is frowned upon you know uh loving yourself oh what the hell that's so goddamn selfish of you um but we're going to change that narrative we're going to change that conversation in the world um i can't be great if i am starving on the inside and so what i've noticed in my walk in this in my life is that women do forget themselves and shit i'm a designer and i one time I forgot. I for, just, you know, I just let myself go in terms of um, my weight, in terms of just fashion. I would just basically had a uniform, you know, uh, cardigan, scarf, jeans, heels, and that. I, listen, I could still rock that, like, like I do. But it was like my go-to safe haven, and it was just because. 
I wasn't uberly comfortable and I wasn't at my optimal best. And so sometimes you just get by with the bare minimum or just not at all, you know, being like they call soccer mom and and going to pick up your kids with curlers in your hair and and just looking like somebody just drag you out of bed like you didn't even brush your teeth or comb your hair i'm gonna let you need you to pull your whole goddamn life together okay your whole life together why because when you look good on the outside it helps to radiate on the inside you know i for me my go-to thing is lipstick i love lipsticks and that's why i created horish beauty my lip brand you can go to horishbeauty.com we're gonna get um more lippies in in about two weeks but right now you can kind of see our colors and stuff like that however i started that because i was that island gal who they told i can't do this can't do that can't wear bright lipstick can't wear red nail polish can't wear like a low cut shirt can't 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 show up in your feminine power nobody ever told me how to show up in my feminine power that was something that i had to learn way later you know um i look at some cultures and it's so it's such an honor to be a female um it wasn't where i was growing up it was like uh you're a baby making machine and you're supposed to cook and clean and yeah that's not what I do. Back to the fashions, darling, because I can go on. I always, I digress, go off on a tangent because that's what I do. Let's talk. First trend that you must, and I'm sure you guys have it, but this is the hot trend that, you know, if you can drop that into your closet, boom, boom, boom. Americana. And Americana, when I say Americana, it's the red, white, and blue. The stripes, you know, like 4th of July, how you would rock you know, all those, and I used to design those uh, tees, those conversational tees. <laughs> I remember getting a job at Liz Claiborne because I did that so well. It was a Halloween project, and they loved it. They hired me on the spot. Um, but Americana in that sense, not the T-shirts, not, not the T-shirts that say Happy Fourth, but let's say you have a blue and white, striped sundress and you rock some red necklaces and jewelry and some definitely rock some red um, pumps that's what I mean by Americana you know throwing in that red white and blue and I definitely think it has a lot to do with the texture of the United States of America as we have it right now where things are and 45 is doing things and People are people are scared, and and it's just a, the White House now is a big, big bully playground. Like you don't do what I want, I'm gonna push you down in the sand and all that kind of stuff. It really is upsetting to me, and just really, how to say, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to be an American right now, to tell you the truth. Um, like real life, because that's not a way for a leader of the free world to act in any shape or form and um, it's horrible. So I do think that that plays a big role in why we have the Americana theme going. Next theme that is hot, trend that is hot this season is denim. All works, all ways, all, all shades and prints and you know, denim with prints like back in the day and um, how do you say, you know, like the graffiti stuff ripped up, um, hem ripped 
I love a good boyfriend jeans that is ripped to barely holding on by a thread type of rip, like just ripped to the bone. <laughs> I love it. Like, I just love it because you can't go wrong. And, and it's so cute. And actually right now, what is hot? Uh, denim jeans that are like right above your knee with some heels. Get your life. Please note, they have to be ripped up. They have to be ripped up. Like real life. They have to be ripped up. And ripping up jeans is so, so easy. It's not that, like, not that hard. Just rip it up and then throw it in the wash and take it out and whatever it be, it be. That's it. Go to Old Navy, get some cheap pair of jeans that are like 20 bucks. That's what I do. And the third trend is mixed prints. Think 70s. Think that era when everything was psychedelic and they mix all these prints together whether they matched or not think that when you're putting your prints together a floral and a dot or a floral and a floral of opposite colors if you kind of like it do it like just do it like i swear it's gonna make you feel like so 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 amazing so mix those prints rock those denims and most of all americana American. All right, so now we're going to be talking about a queenly glossary. You know, along the past couple of weeks, I've been sharing with you, uh, terminologies that I have created for my queendom. Yes, my queendom has players and people and jesters and peasants and Shrek and donkey in them out in the pasture. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about Zaddy. <laughs> I even have a lippy color called Zaddy. Actually, it was a bestseller. It was like a metallic brown color. I don't really like to wear dark lippies. I like bright lippies. The reason that I don't like to wear dark lippies is because I feel as if it looks like I smoked way too much weed. And I'm not a weed smoker. So I don't like it because I go, oh my God, people are going to think that I smoke a lot of weed. Why is my lip so black? But so I love bright colors and it makes me feel sexy when I wear bright colors. I know, I know. Sharon is so crazy. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Zaddy. Let me tell you about Zaddy. Everybody know, and you know, that Zaddy ain't no good. Zaddy is that man that comes over just to break your whole back. Like, break your back on the step, break your back in the bedroom, break your back in the bathroom, break your back on the dishwasher, break your back on the sink, break your back on the stove. That's what Zaddy done did. Listen, and you know you ain't supposed to fall in love with Zaddy. You know you ain't supposed to let Zaddy sleep over. Zaddy's supposed to come do what he got to do, and Zaddy is supposed to leave. <laughs> I do not have a zaddy, okay? Maybe in my younger days, I had a zaddy or two or 20. No, I don't have a zaddy. That was that was a while ago. Mm. 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 But zaddy just doesn't, 
He doesn't mean any good for you. The only thing he wants to do is get what he has to get, and that's it. However, sometimes, as women, we fall in love with the zaddies. <laughs> zaddies need to be out to the pasture with donkey and them when you are finished. I am not opposed to women being empowered and doing as she pleases with her body. It's her body. And she treats it and does whatever she wants to as such. It is her right. However, sometimes when your feelings get caught up, zaddy take advantage of it. Listen, a good zaddy, a good zaddy throw is a good, a good, good role, you know. But however, however, <laughs> I know I'm super, super crazy. But I got to tell you, we've all had a zaddy in our life that you know he's no good. However, you keep him around just because he's good at other things. <laughs> wow. Help me wish my baby, my cart, happy 30th birthday. Wow. First of all, what I cannot believe is that I have a 30-year-old because that would mean I'm old as shit, right? And so I don't feel old as shit. Hell, I don't look old as shit. I feel like I just stepped into my prime and my juicy and I'm just finding my rhythm and who I am and what I stand for really in this world. To be 20, I would just take the body. I just won't take the the not knowing, the the uncertainties, the not knowing who you are and all that pain and hurt. I, I don't I don't want it. But what I have to share is that when I look back at 30 years ago, where I was, you know, a 15 year old who was totally, totally in awe of this man that is my daughter's father, who I thought I loved, who I thought he loved me, who thought I thought that he was amazing. And so what a lot of people don't know is that, you know, I, I came home 15 and pregnant. I gave birth at 16. And so it was it was hard. It was surely hard to go to college and make sure that she became a productive individual in society to make sure that she would be more than what I wanted for her life. And, and, you know, there, there was a time where I just, I was just angry and I wasn't sure what I wanted out of my life. But I always knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to be in the projects. I didn't want to be on assistance. I didn't want to be just another black woman who was a teenage mother. I didn't want that. I didn't want that at all for us. That wasn't, that's not what I grew up in. That's not what I saw. That wasn't going to be my legacy. I wasn't going to pass that legacy on to my parents. And so I vowed that I would not I would be a statistic. I am a statistic, but I would not allow, allow it to dictate who I became. 
And so shortly after she was born, probably like two, three years, it was it was hard because I was angry, um, leaving her abusive dad to go and be and be saved, basically, because it was definitely an abusive, not healthy relationship at all. And I didn't want that for her, that she grew up and saw that. I didn't see that growing up. I didn't want that for her. And so I ended that. And there was just a point where me just trying to figure it out. Again, always clear what I didn't want. But the figuring out of who I wanted to be was the hard part. And I think, you know, in my younger days, I probably wasn't the nicest mom or the the softest mom or the more understanding. I was definitely really rough around the edges because I was a hurt woman trying to raise a child and didn't have the resources or the understanding of what that meant. Heck, I didn't even know I was hurt because everybody else in my clique, all the girls and the women, that's what they were cut from the same cloth, doing the same things, being upset again, knew what I didn't want. So I went back to school. I got my high school diploma. I was like, oh my God, I have to find a job because I don't want to work for the government and be there for 25 years and retire. But that's, that's was a thing. I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to be a nurse. Can you see me as a nurse? <laughs> no. Um, and it's funny, I didn't think myself as a teacher, and now that I'm grown and older, I, 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 I am a great teacher. Um, but I didn't want any of those things. And so I got to tell you, I signed up to be a police officer. Can you see me with a gun? <laughs> Drinking wine and shooting people. Be like, what, do you want me to run after the criminal? I'm not doing that. Like shoot him in the leg, name him something. Cause I'm not, I'm not running him down. <laughs> and so I did that, but I, I couldn't pass. I passed the written test, but I couldn't pass the physical because I wasn't able to do one push up. Like literally I have no upper body strength. I can kick the hell out of you, but no upper body strength. So I failed that. And so next it was try the national guard failed that again, New upper body strength. And so I definitely tried several things trying to figure out what it is that I wanted or what felt right. And so I didn't know. I just didn't. I didn't know. But I kept trying. And I feel like when we are in the space of the unknowing and I feel like we go through this several times through our lives, especially as women, we are ever evolving. A guy, he can be the same for 25, 30 years in the same place, doing the same thing. They're usually comfortable. For us women, we evolve so much. We shed skin so much and stretch ourselves so much. Guys aren't like that. And so I'm in so many different phases of my life that you might have found fashion and go, oh, this was great. And then you go, damn. I don't love it anymore. It's been 20 years and I don't love it. That's just okay. It's another shift. And if you're in a space and you're not really sure what it is that you want, it's okay. Once you're clear about what it is that you don't want, I guarantee you that what you do want will show up. Can I share? 
So I didn't, still didn't know what I wanted. And so I got married. And that's a whole different story. And I wanted something to do instead of being the housewife. Like, I'm not a housewife, like real life. Not your housewife. I'm not knocking anybody else who does that. That's on them. That's great. That's a gift. That's an honor. It's just not in me. This is not something that I am capable of doing. I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always knew that I would be my boss because I have a very aggressive (laughs) leader personality, right? So I was always, I was always the leader. And so I go, oh, what do I want? So somebody in my church had told me about some sewing classes from this guy who came from FIT in New York, Fashion Institute of Technology. And I go, okay, well, shoot, I ain't doing nothing. Might as well. So I took Ivan's class. I'm mad that I don't even remember his last name, but I took his class. And first day, I remember him looking at me and I had long acrylic nails. Not like you belong, but I had nails. And so he goes, you're going to have to cut those. Like, because they were, he sewed on industrial machines and the machines, industrial machines are super fast. Like you can sew a thousand stitches in like a minute. Home machines, probably a hundred, probably 200, but a industrial machine, I mean, it will sew your whole finger off. So he was like, I'm going to need you to, you're going to need to cut your, I'm not cutting my nails. I'll tell you about that later. So we go first day. Let's let's learn how to do a pencil skirt. Okay, this that was two two and a half hours. I got it. All right, go home. I come back the week later. I had two skirts, two different ways. And so he goes, "Well, who taught you how to do this?" And I go, "I don't know. I figured if you could do A B C, you could do D E F." He said, "Okay." He went back. He gave me something else. I went back home. I came back again with like three to four different options because I'm excited because it wasn't like I was thinking. I was breathing. Right. Still, it never clicked to me that I found my calling. I go back, you know, it's six weeks later. Now he stopped asking because it's like, okay, she going to come back in here with some new stuff, doing some new things. I remember going to church one day and it's something amazing when people in your tribe conspire for your greatness. And this lady who told me about the class, Maxine Moorhead, she will forever, forever be like my fairy godmother. She, Ivan called her and told her, And she goes, okay, so back in the day, you had to actually call the college, request information like the pamphlets and such. There's no websites and stuff. That was like, what? That was unheard of. I can't even believe we lived in a time where that was, you know? And she gave me, she came to the class. And you had to get to the class. It was like in a strip mall and like in the middle had this atrium with like plants and stuff. And you had a left stairs and then there was a right stairs. And so his class was up the right stairs, probably about 15 steps. And then you would turn slightly right and then left down the hall. And his door was the second door. Not a huge space. 
but just well set up. And so I remember her um, when I was coming out, she was standing downstairs and I remember her there and she, so I thought something was wrong because she was there. And I was like, hi, Miss Moorhead. And she was like, hi. And so she goes, so Ivan told me how amazing you are at this sewing. You're really great. And he says, you have the potential to be an amazing fashion designer. Let me tell you, my heart is beating out of my chest because I'm like, what? What is a fashion designer? I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that was even something to do. A career choice, a job. It never dawned on me how clothes got in the store and any of that stuff, right? And so I go, okay. So she says, here are the, here's the school. Here's the information to the college. It is in New York City. It is the best fashion school in the world. And I only want the best for you. She says, so I'm looking at her and she can see the fears in my eyes. And she goes, you are a diamond in the rough. This will be the greatest thing for you. Can I tell you, that was in April. April. And by August, I was out. I left the island and I moved to New York City because there was something about the fact that I could create. My destiny was calling me. I figured it out. I left everything, everything, everything because my destiny was calling me. I needed it to breathe. I need to create so I can breathe. If I'm not creating, it's because I'm in pain emotional pain I could never create from a pace of pain because if I when I, once I keep if I keep seeing the garment all I will see is the pain in the garment I will see pain you will see beauty but I'll see pain and I moved to New York City and so when you told the 15 year old that it would be okay that she would find a way. But I was scared. I was so, so scared. And my community turned their back on me. The church turned their back on me. However, my mom didn't turn her back on me. When people told her to kick out her child in the street, and she was like, I'm not kicking my kid in the street. That she's pregnant? <sighs> no way. No way. Granted, my dad didn't talk to me for about three years. Yeah, he passed me every day in the house. I would say good afternoon, good morning. He just would pass me straight. And like I like I'd even like I wasn't even there. And then finally one time he just said, you know, he said he said you broke my heart. You know, you broke my heart. And so I feel as if I really really I know before he passed, he said that I made him proud. And so that was always, you know, your little girl in you, you want to make your parents proud. And I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You always want to make your parents proud that you turned out okay. And um, I turned out okay. And so my humble beginnings didn't define who I am today. It actually made me better. It actually made me a better person. 
Um, I was definitely hanging out with the wrong crowd in high school, skipping class. I wasn't a smoker or stuff like that, but I was an A student and just skipping class just because, you know, it was cool. This shit ain't cool. It gains nothing out of it, just pretending to be dumb. And so that's what I would do, pretend to be dumb because you're the pretty girl. So let's just pretend, how dare you be pretty and smart? So, you know, these are the things I would tell my daughter. It's okay to be pretty and smart. Please, no, my baby is an attorney in four states. Yeah, four, count them, four. Again, I always knew what I didn't want. But what I did want for her is that she would be a productive individual in society and that her seeds will be productive individuals in society and their seeds will be productive individuals in society. Don't allow people to dictate who you are going to be. Your humble beginnings are just that, humble beginnings. So by the time you get this, my daughter's birthday would be Tuesday, and you're going to get this on Wednesday. 30 years ago, I became a mom and was scared shitless and didn't know what the hell I was going to do and what that looked like in any shape or form. Had no clue. I gave birth by myself. No epidural. Probably that's why I had no more, because that was, that was some painful shit. Nobody tells you how painful that shit is. <laughs> like real life. But that is also one of my things that I wish I did, because to have more amazing human beings like my daughter in this world, that would be awesome. But it's okay, because my daughter has three beautiful kids, so that we can make productive individuals in this world. And she has great parents. They all have great parents. And she married a king and everything is just perfect. Do know that where you start isn't where you have to finish. Never allow the naysayers to keep you down. They try to keep me down. Never allow the voices in your head to hold you back. <laughs> she tried to hold me back. Never allow your circumstances where you are, the fear, the not knowing to hold you back. Keep walking, keep pushing, keep stretching, keep moving. Because one thing I know for sure is that you will find the answer. The universe always has a way giving you what you seek. Your true personal power is determined by how attuned you are to yourself. I'll say it again. Your true personal power is determined by how attuned you are to yourself, to all aspects of yourself. You see, Queen, you possess the power. This is your life. You rule. You reign supremely in your queendom. Nothing, no one, anything can stop that. No one can stop your destiny. No one. You just have to believe in you. You have to call it forth. 
it's okay not to know it all, but be clear about what it is that you don't want. I believe in you. Remember, Queen, you're important. You're beautiful. You are important. And your existence is necessary for this world. The essence of who you are is what we all need. Show up. Live. Spread your wings. Chase your destiny. I love you to wholeness. Smooches!